Welcome to the Fuel Triathlete Show. I'm your host, Andrew Doherty, registered dietitian and fellow triathlete. I specialize in coaching endurance athletes to fuel their body, to have more energy, PR at races, and improve their relationship with food. This podcast will give you practical and actionable strategies to help you transform into a well-fueled triathlete. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Fuel Triathlete. I'm your host, Andrea. Today, we're talking all about different types of fuel sources that you can consume during a race or during training. So we're going to break down sports drinks, gels, energy chews, energy bars, and real foods and talk about what are the differences between them? What do they contain? What are some of the best scenarios to use them in? And then how can you determine what you should be using? So when it comes to all of these, they're designed to be a convenient source of fuel or fluids or electrolytes during training. So when you're doing a race where you want to perform or you're doing long duration training, you have to start giving your body some more fluids or electrolytes or carbohydrates to prevent hitting the wall and keep that performance up. So these are kind of a vehicle to provide that. And when it comes to you know, firstly trying to figure out which one do we want to use. You want to consider these few things and you want to ask yourself these few things. So the first one is going to be how many grams of carbohydrates are you going to need per hour during your race? So this is really important because all these different products contain different amounts of carbohydrates, some high and some small. So we are going to do another episode in the next week or two more specifically about carbohydrates, you know, answering that question of how much do you need per hour and what types of carbohydrates are going to be best in these fuel sources. But this is something to really consider because we want to make sure that we're getting the right amount of carbohydrates per hour. If you, you know, think gels are going to be the best and that's what you're going to use, but you're not consuming enough carbs per hour, you're not going to get that same performance benefit. So during exercise, especially moderate to high intensity exercise, our body is using mostly carbohydrates for fuel. And those carbohydrates are coming from our muscle glycogen stores. So this is basically the stored form of carbohydrates in our muscles. In previous episodes, I've kind of talked about this, almost like your tank of gas in your car. And then also our muscles get fuel from the sugar that's in our bloodstream. So the muscle glycogen stores can last us about 90 to 120 minutes of moderate to high intensity exercise. If you're planning to do a race or a long training session longer than that, if you're not taking in adequate fuel during that training before that, you're likely going to run out of your muscle glycogen stores and that's where you can hit the wall. So the goal is to consume carbohydrates early and often into that race so that you can maintain your muscle glycogen stores and maintain your performance. So a lot of these products are going to have carbohydrates in its simple form. So simple sugars, just so that your body doesn't have to work too hard to digest them. When you're thinking of those carbohydrates, you want something that's going to digest quickly and get to your muscles quickly. The next thing you want to consider is your fluid needs. How much fluids do you need to be taking per hour to prevent dehydration? So dehydration is when you lose more than about two to 3% of your body weight in fluid from sweat. And when this happens, performance can start to tank. So when we get dehydrated, our heart rate increases. So that exercise is going to feel more difficult. The rate of perceived exertion increases. Your body relies more on glycogen for 
fuel so you may hit the wall sooner if you're not fueling properly and also it can lead to an increased risk of gi or gastrointestinal issues so you want to consider that because not all of these fueled sources contain fluids next you want to think about how much electrolytes you you need sodium is the main electrolyte that you're going to lose in sweat during training they, we lose smaller amounts of magnesium calcium and potassium but sodium is the main electrolyte that you want to consider a lot of these products have different amounts of sodium within them so this is an important consideration are you going to be able to get all of your sodium from these products? Do you need to add sodium to some of them or maybe take some salt tabs as well? You also want to think about just what do you prefer? You know, do you like something sweet? Do you like something mild in taste? Do you not mind the texture of a gel or do you prefer to chew something? So these are all some, you know, important as well. And then just thinking of how much room do you have to be able to carry your food with you? And then what's going to be practical during a race? So I know some of my clients have told me when it's a very hilly race, they find it difficult to even drink enough. So are you going to be able to open the gel packets or consume food when it's very maybe technical or a hilly course? Going back to sodium. So like I said, sodium is an electrolyte. It's something that you can lose in your sweat. And we want to replace some of that sodium losses to make sure we're not getting hyponatremia and that we're maintaining a good balance of sodium in the blood. Taking sodium with our fluids also gonna help us retain those fluids better and may reduce cramping. If you're someone that experiences cramping, sometimes it can be related to low sodium. Okay, so let's get into the different um, types of fuel and just talk a little bit about what they are, what they include, what are some good scenarios to use them. Okay, so sports drinks. Sports drinks are beverages that tend to contain both sodium and carbohydrates so it kind of has everything that you need all in one you can buy them pre-made in a bottle or there's a lot of other powdered drink mixes that you can add to water and kind of customize customize how much you need but they tend to have to be about six to eight percent in um, concentration of sugar meaning that for every one liter of sports drink you're getting about 60 to 80 grams of carbohydrates now you can probably go up to 10 percent concentration so 100 grams of carbs per liter if it's not necessarily the right mix of the types of carbohydrates can be more likely to cause more gi upset when it comes to sports drinks, you want to watch out for things that are low calorie versions or low carb versions. As we talked about, the reason we're taking these are to give our bodies some carbohydrates or some glucose. So things like a Gatorade Zero or even a G2 are probably aren't going to provide enough carbohydrates that you need to fuel your body during a half or full Ironman. The nice thing is sometimes these are customizable. When you're making a sports drink, you can add you can concentrate a little bit more, you can dilute it a bit more depending on what your needs are. You can even add extra sodium in the form of just regular table salt or sodium citrate, which can be a little bit more red absorbed. So I would say a sports drink can be great pretty much in all scenarios when you need to fuel with carbohydrates or some electrolytes. So when we wanna start looking into actually fueling our body with some additional carbohydrates, it's gonna be over 75 minutes. So that's when you can use a sports drink. However, when you get to very high amounts of carb needs, so 
During a half or full Ironman, you may be looking upwards of 90 grams of carbs or more per hour. It can sometimes get difficult to get all of what you need through a sports drink, right? So if we're looking at a sports drink that's six to 8% concentration, you'd have to have a full liter or more to actually get that 90 grams of carbohydrates. And if your sweat rate is not super high or you're not drinking very close to your sweat rate, you're probably not gonna get that all through your sports drinks. And you may want to you know, combine that with another source of fuel that we're gonna kind of talk about in next. But a sports drink can be used solely maybe if you have lower carb needs. They can vary pretty widely in terms of how much sodium they have. So just kind of give that a check and see if it matches up with what you need. So you may need 500 milligrams of sodium per hour. Some clients I work with need 1,000 milligrams or more. So just give that a check. And if you're only using that sports drink and it doesn't quite have enough, then you're just gonna wanna make sure that you're adding some extra into that sports drink or you're maybe using some salt tabs to go along with it. So a couple things to consider too during something that's really uh, long distance, you're gonna be drinking a sports drink for hours and hours on end. You can get that flavor fatigue. It can start to taste a little bit too sweet. So keeping that in mind when you're choosing a flavor. Do you really like to have a lot of flavor or do you like something a little bit more mild in flavor? Something to watch for is that this sports drink actually has more sodium than potassium. So there's kind of different sports drinks not necessarily tailored for endurance athletes that have a lot of potassium in there and claim to be hydrating but really sodium is that electrolyte that we're looking for so now if we look at gels so gels compared to sports drinks whereas a sports drink has kind of everything a gel is primarily going to be carbohydrates with a little bit of sodium and even though it's a little bit liquid, it's not really providing much fluids or contributing to your hydration. So there's a lot of different types of gels out there. So there's some that are kind of really thin, more like that are maple syrup based. Then we've got kind of things sometimes a little bit sticky, like a goo or a honey stinger. There's also things like the Morton gels, which taste a little bit more like jello with the hydrogel. There's things like you can, which has something called Live Steady, which used to be known as Superstarch, which is supposed to be a very slow digesting type of carbohydrate. So in general, lots of different types of gels, textures, consistencies, flavors. Really what it does is going to provide you with carbohydrates. They tend to have different types of carbohydrates, which are known as multiple transportable carbohydrates. Sports drinks will have this as well. I find a lot of gels are pretty low in sodium, so they're not really super contributing to your electrolyte needs. There are some that are a little bit higher that I've seen having maybe upwards of 150 milligrams of sodium or more, but I know many in general have maybe 20 to 80 milligrams. So really check the label and see, check how much sodium there is in there. If you're using gels alone with water, then you may also wanna add some sodium in an electrolyte drink or some salt tabs. So just kind of keep that in mind. Couple of good things about gels is they're pretty lightweight, they're pretty portable. So you can tape them to your bike, you can put them in your bag or bento box. They're durable as well. So compared to some foods, you're not gonna get squished or get soggy like certain foods might be. When it comes to gels, if you are looking to take some caffeine, during your race to boost your performance a little bit, give you a little bit more energy, and give a mental boost, then you're usually gonna find caffeine in gels. And it really varies how much caffeine there is as well. Even if you like the taste of that gel at the start, 
if the race goes on and you've had a number of different gels, you're gonna get that flavor fatigue possibly. So you may wanna switch up the types of flavors or there's different gels out there that don't have a lot of sweetness to it or a lot of flavor to it. If you're taking a gel, you wanna have some fluids on you to drink a couple sips when you take the gel or you can time the gel to have at a aid station. The other thing to consider with gels is, again, if you're riding a bike, sometimes it can be difficult to open that, especially if it's kind of technical or there's some hills, so you may want to time it when you're having those. You may need two hands to be able to do this. And sometimes it can get a little bit sticky. So next up there's energy chews. So energy chews are kind of like candy. They're not gonna have any fluids in part of them. There's gonna be a little bit of sodium, but there's obviously gonna be some chewing required. And you wanna consider because this is solid and does require some chewing, it can be a little bit harder to ingest these when sometimes when we're running or when we're breathing really heavy. They are a pretty compact source of carbohydrates similar to gels. So you don't have to carry such a high volume to get the amount of carbs. So a gel typically contains anywhere from 20 to 30 grams of carbs per gel. Shoes can really vary because there's a lot of different sizes and different packages, but I find sometimes a standard pack has about 40 grams of carbohydrates. If you are someone who does like to chew something while you're running, you may find it a little bit more satisfying, especially if you don't like the texture of gels. There's a lot of different sizes, different flavors, so test those out. There's kind of some really smaller pieces. I find like the honey stinger or some of those goo ones. And then there's some that are a little bit bigger as well. Just like opening a gel, sometimes if you're opening a pack, it can take two hands. So you may want to consider opening up the packages and just putting those chews right into your bento box, your bike bag, or if you're running, putting it right into that pocket. And it's just going to save you some time, be a little bit less frustrating, just easier to actually consume. But I would say these are pretty interchangeable with an energy gel. So you could choose whatever one you wanted based on the texture that you wanted. And there are some chews out there that may have some caffeine in them branched chain amino acids if that's something that you're looking for as well. So energy bars, tons of different energy bars out there. You want to consider if you can actually chew it and eat it during that race or during that training. I would say for some of my clients, they like to use that during a full Ironman just to have some more solid food on the bike because it is a long time that you're on the bike and then going on the run. So when you're looking at energy bars, there's tons of different types out there, not to be confused with a protein bar. So when we're looking at energy bars, we really do want something that's primarily still going to be carbohydrates with smaller amounts of protein and fat, really limit the fiber. The fiber can cause some digestive upset potentially make you have to go to the washroom. Protein and fat just take a longer to digest. So it can feel a little bit heavy in your stomach. So you don't wanna choose like a protein bar that's super low carb or with a ton of artificial sweeteners. There's Cliff Scratch has some good bars. Morton has some bars as well. It's better to have this on the cycling portion versus the running portion because it can be difficult to be able to try to chew when you're running. Unless you're someone who's doing ultra marathon, then usually you're gonna wanna have some solids and you're at a lower intensity where it's okay to be having. Personally on race day, in terms of bars, where most of my clients may use that is that snack in between breakfast and race start. If your breakfast is really early, then maybe having a bar, half a bar, an hour or two before the race is, is a good time. Or maybe as you're getting onto the bike or an hour or two into the bike. So keeping in mind what these are energy bars are gonna provide are carbohydrates, so our fuel source. It's more of a long lasting fuel source. It's not, of a, it's not as a quick digesting fuel source as these other fuels we've talked about previously. And obviously not gonna have some fluids. So we're gonna wanna take some fluids with that as well. So last up, in terms of our fuel sources, we've got 
real foods. So some people like to use real food instead. So you can use fruit like banana or dried fruits, dates, figs, apricots, raisins. You may want to use peanut butter and jam sandwiches, roasted salted potatoes, lots of different options. So same thing with our energy bars. We want to keep it low protein, low fat, low in fiber to really prevent that digestive upset. Most of them are not going to have much fluid. So we're making sure we're taking these as we eat them, we take it with fluid as well and maybe break it up into chunks, make it easier. If you're gonna have a sandwich, cut it up into little piece, bite-sized pieces that you can eat on the bike. Use these real foods on the bike as opposed to the run. I would more so look at using our sports drinks and then maybe some gels and chews as well to get your carbohydrates. These real foods still can have sodium in them, especially if we're looking at a peanut butter sandwich. We've got sodium in our bread. We can use salted peanut butter or add salt there, salted potatoes, pretzels. There's still different ways to kind of get the electrolytes and the carbs piece, but not that fluid piece. You would want to pair that with it. But again, if you choose these, keep it for the bike. So that's kind of a brief overview of the different types of fuels that you can use during training or during a race. Lots of different options out there. I want to break down different types of triathlon races and what you can use when. So when we look at a sprint distance, if it's gonna take you less than 75 minutes, you probably don't need really any additional carbohydrates. If you're well-fueled going into that race, you had a good breakfast with enough carbohydrates, you were sipping on some fluids before, but if you wanted to take you know, some sports drinks or an electrolyte drink on the bike, an Olympic race, I would say you could do a sports drink on the bike so that you're getting some carbohydrates, you're getting some electrolytes. It's a bit more higher intensity, so that's a little bit easier to digest. And depending on how long that race is taking you, if it's say three hours and you want to go for 60 grams of carbs per hour, so you can pair that with some gels or chews and then on your run, maybe take a gel or chew there as well. So Olympic is when you can kind of start to mix things up a little bit. Half and full, I would suggest a mix of both fluids and gels or chews. So you can integrate some of those solid foods, a bar or solid food in the full Ironman, maybe in the half if you wanted. So keep in mind that the longer duration of the race, the more carbs per hour you're gonna need. So as the duration of the triathlon that we're racing is increasing, our carb needs per hour are increasing, and the more likely that it is that you're gonna need a combination of these types of fuel sources. So a lot of different things to consider, but the first thing, like I said at the beginning of this episode is how much carbs do I need per hour? How much fluid do I need? How much sodium do I need? And kind of choose products that are gonna help meet that need. So if you need any help with this, this is something that I do with my clients. We create a race day plan months in advance of that race so that my clients can test it out, see what works, what products do they like, and that by the time on race day, we've got it refined and they feel confident that they have a plan that's going to meet their needs. And they know because they've tried it out and they tried out the products. So send me a message if you feel that you need some help with that and you want to learn a little bit more about working with me and coming up with a race day plan. Otherwise, stay tuned for some future episodes. We're going to talk more in depth on how to figure out your carb needs, how much fluid you need, how much sodium you need, and all the different types of carbohydrates and different types of gels that are out there because there are so many. So thanks for listening and appreciate it if you could share this with your fellow triathletes or give it a rating and review because that just helps more people find the show. Have a great day.